Pass your hand, please. What is this? This is a chemical burn. It will hurt more than you've ever been burned, and you will have a scar. Guided meditation work for cancer could work for this. Stay with the pain. Don't shut this out. No, no, no. Look at your hand. The first soap was made from the ashes of heroes, like the first monkey shot into space. Without pain, without sacrifice, we would have nothing. I tried not to think of the words searing or flesh. Stop it! This is your pain. This is your burning hand. It's right here. I'm going to my cave. I'm going to my cave. I'm going to find my power. Deal with it the way those dead people do? Come on! I get the point, okay? No, please. what you're feeling is premature and light. <laughs> it's the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere missing. I am not! Shut up. Our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers bailed, what does that tell you about God? No, no, I don't. Listen to me. You have to consider the possibility that God does not like you. He never wanted you. In all probability, he hates you. This is not the worst thing that can happen. It isn't. We don't need him. We don't like we. I got it. Fuck damnation, man. Fuck redemption. We are God's unwanted children. So be it. You have forsaken all the love you taken. Sleeping on a razor that's lower left to fall. Your body's aching. Every bone is breaking. Nothing seems to shake it. It's Yeah, I do like I got like a little CrossFit routine worked up. Okay. So I can get like I'm told I'm 32 and I've already turned into one of those old men who try to get as much like exercise done in 90 minutes as possible. That's the mature way to do it. Yeah. After bike race, the most inefficient workout on the planet. Yeah, you do just want to feel exhausted, but you don't have the time to do it in six hours. Yeah. Like I'm gonna go to the gym really hungry. Let's see if I could bonk lifting weights. <laughs> I think that's yeah. probably. I think it's the future, man. I think that's all what those CrossFit guys do. I think they just want to feel like they're gonna puke. Yeah. And then you get something. They want abs. 
That's all. Yeah. That's all you need to get laid. What do you feel about the CrossFit chicks? Like I, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm on board. It depends. It, it they get too big. That happens to any girl though. What what part of the the too big do you think it is? Is it the shoulders or is it? I don't need a girl with big ripped abs. Just in general, like I don't need muscly <sighs> girl. You know, that's some guys are. I feel like I could get over the abs to some extent because like. How often are you looking at the abs? Right. But it would be pretty horrific, like, if in mid-coitus you looked down and you just saw, like, an eight-pack looking at you. Yeah. Like, just raising yeah. the hips right back at you. What if she weighs more than you? I, that one doesn't bother me. I, it bothers I, her, though. It would... It if she, but but if she's shit. totally jacked... I've had a few of those. <laughs> but are they jacked? Or are they no, they're just fathers. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> well, then I don't think it's exclusively about your weight. Yeah, no, it's just chubbies, you know. What? Because you're a bit from the South, right? Mm-hmm. What is it about the South with the big woman and the skinny guy? It is a fucking is phenomenon. I don't know. Maybe you're too close to the fire. Is, are you dating a really fat chick right now? Is this, <laughs> no, is this, never dating a fat are chick. we getting in a weird... No. Are we getting... No, I've, I've, dated, I've dated some girls that, like... Get to the giant boob department. BBWs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm always a little grossed out by that. It gets it gets over the line. A little too BBW? Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with a D cup. I'm lost. <laughs> you I feel I like don't... you're doing them a disservice at a point. Right. Like, I want you to know <laughs> that I appreciate these. Right. But I can't. Someone else is going to like these more than I am. Yeah, and they're going to know what. Ideas. Yeah, they're going to know what to do. Yeah. I feel right now you're probably laughing at... The thing with the big boobs, too, is you think... Like, I... Maybe it's just the contrarian in me, but I don't want to... I don't want to pay, like, just immediately go for them, because any every guy she's been oh, with, yeah, probably yeah. 90... Yeah, you gotta neglect them, because she wants that. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm. oh, here's another boob guy, right? <laughs> Except why'd she wear that low-cut shirt? Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, what's Bitch. Creed do? Creed goes for the hips. I'm just, I'll just work the hips for a little bit. Hips. Yeah, you know, like the part where like the belt sits. You know, there's like the little, oh, okay. the little bump on the hips. Hmm. And, you know, just to throw them for a loop. Right. And then you know, eventually you go back right. to boobs and you prove that you're just like every other fucking guy <laughs> on the planet. Well, it's like if she didn't go after my dick, I'd be pissed. So, <laughs> <laughs> like every other chick goes after my schlong. <laughs> what if she's thinking like? I am. I don't want to you know what? I bet every girl. I'm gonna go for the butthole this time. I bet every girl he's ever been with has gone for his dick. I'm gonna nope. start. I'm going for his hips. <laughs> I've had a, That'd be bad. I've had a girl like spend expe- like an extensive amount of time on the nipples. Oh, that bugs me. I I appreciate it. Like I like where their heads at. Like you're because they're trying. Yeah. Like this is good. Like you have a good get up and go attitude and I appreciate that right. but at a certain point you might as well be licking my wallet because it's right. not doing <laughs> I think I get less feeling on my nipples it's supposed to be like everyone says no that's an erogenous and I'm like then how come I don't feel shit <laughs> <laughs> it's too and pardon it but it's it's too feminine for me right and I got hairs around there who wants that dude yeah you, you, you have those sh- those fucking one-inch nipple hairs. Yeah, they go right around. And they just look ridiculous. I have, like, ridiculous. very little chest hair, but there's just, like, a circle right around the nipple, just, like... Yeah, I don't have any chest hair either, but I do manage to find nipple hair. Yeah, it's a bummer. And nose hair. But you got, like... The, nose hair. You have beard abilities. Right. I don't have beard abilities. No? No. Huh. I, can, I can grow that stash where you look... 
It's like a 21... It's like a 19-year-old trying to look 21. Like, trying to get... a little... Yeah, okay. It's like... It looks very dirty. Right. Like, it grows in really quick. look dirty. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think when it's just concentrated in the upper lip area, uh, yeah, it yeah. looks very yeah. like, dude, have you showered? Uh, or... So I've figured out this new prank that I may have been doing to a certain Russian former team oh, boss. awesome. It's what you do. Uh, you land in a new city. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not like you go out of your way for it, but if it's there, like a Walgreens or a Home Depot where they have for cent or for rail sign or for cent for, for sale for sale or for rent signs. Okay. And uh, you buy maybe ten or twelve of them, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you put said aggrieved the person that was aggrieved you. Mm-hmm. You put their phone number on. And you just drive, like, you just, so you, you drive, like, it. like, so maybe in Snowmass today, there's a sign That's on the great. side of the road for rent. That's great. And you put it in a property that looks like it's not so well maintained, but people mm-hmm. are going to be interested in. And now they just get calls from across the country asking about the property for rent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let's do this to Chris Baldwin. I think everybody has a little bit of the, your self-worth is tied into your result that oh, day. Oh, God, or how could you not? Yeah. I think it's getting to a point where you get so fucking depressed. Like, you actually bottom out to a certain point where you're like, I don't care this much. Right. Like, I'm this sad. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not returning my friend's phone calls. I'm... I'm not sarcastic anymore. I'm kind of a dick. Right. I feel like that I was just let this one go. That was me after nationals. Like I couldn't talk for like five days. I was just yeah. in bed. Yeah, but that was like the worst. Is it worse that it's out of your control? Like is something like that, or is it worse when you fuck it up personally? Because I feel like all right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if somebody, if it's a result like that where somebody chased you down and you got caught in the line, it's yeah. just like. You would be frustrated and mad, but it's almost like a righteous frustration. Oh, yeah, it was righteous, but it's still like I sat in bed for five days. <laughs> really? It's just like I couldn't Okay, I couldn't deal. N- no joke time. Serious. Yeah. What's the longest you've gone outside? Or what's the longest you stayed inside out of maybe not just pure sickness, but maybe a little bit of like depression and fuck, fuck it. I can't do it. You can't do it? No, I won't even. I can't even. I'm the opposite. I can't stay inside a day. Like in Big Bear... I'll go out to lunch by myself just to, like, talk to humans. You've been doing the Big Bear thing solo a lot. It's bad. I see, I did the Silver City solo thing a lot. Yeah. I, I assume it's somewhat similar. Yeah, it's probably the same thing. Although Big Bear has a, has a safe way. I mean, we've got Walmart. Yeah, all right. Maybe Albertsons. Know. Yeah, okay. There's an Albertsons. We have a we have a knockoff. We have a nice grocery store and a shitty grocery store. I burned on it. I was there They're solid much. from, like, February much. until... Before Utah, you know when you burn I'm supposed on to go back it? up in between. I was just like, can't. You know, <laughs> you know when you burn on it is when you uh, kind of plateau your climb times. Yeah. When you plateau and maybe start coming back the other direction. Yeah. And then you have to drive into town for some interval section you don't really want to do. Right. That's when you're like, fuck this town. I was. Doing, you get lonely too. Yeah. You know, I Tosh. Like, uh, I was begging people to come up. Yeah, Tosh made it four days or something. <laughs> did Tosh tell you the story about faking a flat? No. This is a great fuck. So I've heard, for I've those heard, who don't I think know, I heard it from Milm. For those who don't know, there's this kid, uh, Tosh Clements, wonderful kid. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about him. He's a, we come from same ilk, Tosh and I. Okay. 
and uh, he tells me like, oh, I'm gonna go stay up in Big Bear. Phil will be in and out. Whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you think I should do it? Yeah, no, it'd be great. Hang out with Phil. He's a good guy. Right. He'll uh, he'll be weird with you. You guys can go down <laughs> fucking Weird Street together. <laughs> Where uh, was I? Uh, was it before he it, lived? It might have been like the yeah. Okay, I was yeah. in Boulder. Yeah. So he um, he said he got so lonely up there that maybe like 30 or 40 minutes in a ride he passed a guy and you know like he was going considerably faster than this guy and then uh, after 10 or 15 minutes after passing him he faked a flat he faked a flat okay. so the guy could catch up and he could ride with the guy wow that's pretty bad oh yeah Tasha's Right. Tosh is a pretty social character. I think we're saying yeah. we're weird, but I don't mind being solo a little bit longer. No, I, I go through... I need it at some points, and then I go insane, and I need the opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's times where, like, I don't want people at all, and I'm just going to, like, do my own thing. I get pissed off. Yeah, they're, they're... You like to control your day. Yeah. Well, like, Jesse came up before um, before Utah for a few days. Good thing about like, Jesse is he's not codependent at all. No, Jesse was just doing his own thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jesse was fine. He was fine. Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't know. I didn't really know him at all. Sure. So he came up, and um, and it was like I'd been alone all year in that stupid house. And then there's this. And then I just imagine you looking out these creepy thin curtains at him pulling up, and he has no idea what's coming at him. And I was playing music. No, he um, and and he'd be in the kitchen. I was like, I want to fucking go down there. Jesse's down there. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> fucking Jesse's down there. But like, I like Jesse. But it was yeah. just like I needed. There was a person in there, and it was it wasn't my routine anymore. I found this whenever you get like a group of racers going on a house. Mm-hmm. In order to not get the weirdness that eventually happens when three guys are leaving for different churning rides within ten minutes of each other, you know when that yeah. shit starts happening. Yeah. What time are you gonna leave? I was gonna leave at nine. This guy's leaving at 9.15. The other guy's leaving at 9.30. Yeah. Uh, what you have to do is you never shut the door. Never, oh. ever shut your doors. Because as soon as those doors get shut, you start fucking getting weird, man. <laughs> and you don't want to come out of that room. You yeah. have to, You have to like, put out a very strong, welcoming attitude. Okay. Like, okay, I got music playing. I hear that. I'm... If I'm going to surf the internet, I'm going to do it in a common space. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I watch a TV show or a movie that I know nobody else wants to watch, I'll go into my room, but the right. door will be open. Right. You have to, because as soon as those doors get shut and people start <laughs> surfing, the, something about surfing the internet behind closed doors, because porn's going to come up eventually. I mean, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, I mean, there's a certain amount of shame that comes into that, so mm-hmm. if you're going to start the shame spiral. Right. Uh, right. And then once you close it, everybody else does the same. <laughs> One summer, I guess I it's lived... porn time. Right. <laughs> it's weird to know that everybody on the house, everybody else in the house, is jacking off. <laughs> you can't not jack off. That's, that's just totally quiet in the house. You're like, well, I would be rude if I was a jack off. Right? Just starts shaking a little bit. <laughs> Everybody's taking a shower about the same time. Oh, yeah, it's line up. One summer, um, actually three summers, I lived in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. But the first time, uh, I was on VMG, and this kid, remember Alex Boyd. I know the name. Yeah. He's a guy... Okay, he does his own OEM bike parts now type thing, like Boyd Wheels. Oh, Boyd no, Ryan. different dude. That's uh, it's another Boyd. You know what, dude? You just no, made this me guy's... like a real fucking asshole in my Sorry. podcast. You can, you can erase it, right? You have control. Uh, it's, no, it's too late. All right, it was it was that Boyd. It was... Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it was that Boyd. No, he, um, 
he would train in the middle of the night on rollers on the front porch. Why? No one, no one figured that out. Was it a diet thing? I don't. That's an interesting suspicion. No, I don't think so. None of us really knew what we were doing. Sure, sure. I think like he just that was like his his routine, and he wanted to get away from what we were doing. And he would surf the internet during the day, and then and then like like long rides. And it was it's nice in the summer, could yeah. sure. But he would yeah just on the rollers on the deck half the night. <laughs> Jesus, just like a creep. Yeah, he didn't he didn't race much longer after that. There's nothing wrong with him. Just well, like no headphones, fucking eye mask on for some reason. Headphones. I remember if there were headphones. Back when I was like uh, crazy food Nazi mm-hmm. weight Nazi guy, like I would. I would ride the rollers after dinner. Oh. Because I read somewhere that, you know, like, you need your blood sugar as low as possible before you go to bed. Okay. I think, you know, who I read that from was your next year's boss with, was uh, Vodders. Oh. Vodders was always telling Because I was teammates with them on Team Prime Alliance. I got to leave. I got to get on the rollers. Yeah. I had dinner. You're looking thick, dude. Am I? No, no, but, like, in a good way. Oh, like good, good, okay. It's good. It looks good on me. That's like the number one way to neg out like a rider in a climbing stage. It's like, dude, you're looking good. You know, like solid, you know, like healthy. Yeah, you look like before, you know, you looked a little too light and whatever, but now you look like you can really handle some shit. Like towards the end of the stage race, you're really going to come on. (laughs) We did to Keel earlier, actually. Passed by Keel coming in the thing. We're like, hey, Keel, you look fat. (laughs) (laughs) See, your way's a little like more to the point, a little more heavy handed. Right, right. Here's a good one. Speaking uh, to go back to Chris Baldwin, mm-hmm. when we were teammates together on rock racing, because I always knew he was going to order salad. He's always going to order salad when we go out to eat. Okay. So you make sure that you're behind him in line or on the table in the ordering sequence, and you say like, "What are you going to do, man? Are you going to order a fucking salad, Chris? <laughs> you're just going to order a fucking salad?" And mm-hmm. he, Chris, you know, he's like, "No, nah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get something. You know, like I don't know. What are you going to get? Like quesadilla looks nice." <laughs> And you're like, yeah, man, I think I'll get the quesadilla. And you drop it, comes around to Chris. He says, oh, I'll have the Caesar salad. And you go, yeah, nice, Chris. Real <laughs> fucking cool. And they come to you and they say, what do you want? And you're like, I'll have a Caesar salad as well. <laughs> you just spent this whole time just fucking with them. And right. you're like, nah, I just want to sit up too. We both have eating disorders, dude. It's okay. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> really doing this yeah, sport. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, you seen Chris Froome? But, uh, Pate has been sending me, like, you know, intermittent inter-team emails about, like, dietary stuff. Cool. And they seem pretty, uh, nothing crazy, but they, they do have a thing with the low bulk diet. Have you heard about this one? No. So, say you're gonna have, Sounds like like you don't take big shits, I'm not into that. You're not going to take a lot of shits on this diet. Yeah. Forget it. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the high bulk diet. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to eat fucking some fiber one, (laughs) some milk. Just a big bowl of lettuce. Do you have any kale juice? I I like to shit 20 minutes after I eat. That's when I know I'm doing it right. (laughs) Have you ever met those people who just like, they eat one thing like, I got to go to the bathroom. That's me. (laughs) Really? How much fucking stool do you have? I mean, after every meal, within 45 minutes, I'm in the bathroom. Really? Yeah. I feel like if you went the low bulk diet, you'd probably lose 10 pounds, and you might beat Chris Froome. Okay, what's low bulk? 
you basically leading up to event. It's not a lifestyle diet because it's not a very nutritious diet. Well, it's good. an event diet. Okay. So let's say there's an uphill time trial of veil. Mm-hmm. So two or three days before veil, you just want to eat anything with fiber in it. Flat stick, no fiber. Okay. Lots of water, some prune juice to help you, you know, keep shit. But it, the shoot, your shits are gonna get, you know, not as large, obviously. And basically, it's the point of living. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess masturbation at this point. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's one. And weed. I think that's the other. <laughs> I can't agree with that. <laughs> I can't agree with that. Uh, so yeah. So then, supposedly, I haven't tried it, but supposedly you lose probably like four to five pounds because you don't have any, and your absorption of other nutrients. Yeah, you're not eating anything. Yeah, it's a lot of cornflakes and white rice. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I just feel like I you should do it, and then you do good, and then you hire me as your like manager slash dietitian guy. Okay. And I make you feel like I'm indispensable, and I get like thirty percent. You're indispensable like, already. Aw, mm-hmm. you're adorable. But like indispensable to you, like. Yeah, that's what I meant. Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. Just give me some wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonas left with the wine though. I noticed that. So I have whiskey, but I don't know if you're much of a whiskey. No, guy. I, I mean half a glass. I'm, I'm yeah. already talking crap about my teammates. So. <laughs> I, here's a good thing about guys like Chris, though, is I'm fairly certain they don't listen to podcasts. No, no, he doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Even his the, wife. The, they they have a good they have a good relationship. I stayed with them for a week before Hila, and it was nice. Yeah, she was she was super cool. Like, I no, I like set I like them. I, yeah. I just like to give them a hard time. I understand. No, before like Chris just has his own thing, and he knows what he's doing so well. Like he doesn't really need. The funny thing is, like when you're good enough to be a pro cyclist, you don't need a team meeting anymore. Yeah. Like if you're good enough to be on Bissell, like you know what to do in the bike race. You have an reason. idea. Like unless yeah. there's some ridiculous complex, but those never work anyway. Sure. So it's kind of like put us. It's going to be about the same result no matter what. Right. And. um so Chris just spaces out during the meeting. <laughs> he's texting. <laughs> no, he's not texting. He's just like looking ahead and like he's got his own like meeting going on. Um, but like at the the first stage, you know, what which stage was it? One of the stages at Utah, they mailed together. But they told me to attack from the gun. There was like a little 500 meter climb where like if the break was going to establish in the first 80k, it was going to be there, okay. or it was just going to be piss and vinegar in the downhill and then the flat part. So they're like, all right, right Phil, I remember the yeah. stage. Okay, yeah. They're like Phil. Go go ape shit from the gun. See if you can get like five guys up the road. Have you lost and time then... at this point? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Didn't okay. take me long to lose time. Um. So it was like let's establish a little break, and then the rest of it we'll we'll see what happens. So I attack off the line, and then Chris is yelling at me when I get caught for like this stupid. T- I'm like that. You were there when they told me to do that. <laughs> he had no idea. <laughs> like he was he was sitting at the he back. He was off just... the back. He think like, I missed a split or something. And, like had Jeez. to chase. <laughs> You know that one of the maddest I ever got, Chris, was uh, on rock racing when it, it was completely shooting the bed, mm-hmm. right? So it was the second year. Right. We realized it's fucking falling apart. They fire Chris and I. Well, at least they fired you. Yeah. But then they went to rehire us again and said, well, we'll let you race with us, but it's going to be a little for free. Oh. And of course, I said, go fuck yourself. Right. Um, Chris said, sure. Because... Bikers just have no pride, man. 
It was a weird move by Chris. But anyway, so then I started talking to Team Type 1, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, no, we could bring you on. Your first race will be X and X. And uh, I said, okay, but I should really train. Like, I haven't been trained since I got fired. Rock Racing was doing Joe Martin. Mm-hmm. So I just totally lied to Rock Racing. It was like, hey, I'd love to race with you guys again. Nice. Can I do Joe Martin with I like you guys? That. They said, sure. So Chris and I are rooming together. <laughs> And uh, we're both talking about trying to get on other teams. Right. And he's, he's trying to do it by earning a contract. Yes. You're trying to do it by screwing your team over. Yes. Well, to be fair, it was rock racing. That's valid. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't some mom and pop jelly belly like shoestring thing. Start me on that. <laughs> Let's see how many people I can get you to motherfuck by the end of this podcast. <laughs> My book comes out in April. You know how great it is? It'll like, there. Phil Game and Science Pro Tour contract tells everybody to go fuck themselves. <laughs> Just like, dude, this is the fucking Kenny Power story. How'd you know the title of my book? (laughs) (laughs) The title of my book is Everyone Go Fuck Yourself. I want you to do, like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin smash two beers and give everybody (laughs) the middle finger on the way out. Oh, man. So, like, we're laying in our hotel rooms talking about it, and he goes, man, I just don't know. Like, I was talking to Type 1, and I had almost thing, I had everything almost done, and then they just stopped calling. Oh no, because you took his spot. I took it, and I was so fucking awkward. I was just sitting there like... And he has no idea. He has no fuck. I mean, dude, this guy's been training, not right. eating, doing intervals up his ass. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I had been at home. I took a part-time job. Mm-hmm. You know, I was drinking quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, th- I think I waited like two or three days to tell him, like, hey, Chris, you might want to lay off type one, man. Like, don't... That's, yeah. That's a rough. I've been there when you have a friend and you know he's fired and he doesn't know he's fired. And how do you deal with that? Dude, I'm dealing with that. Like, I'm stepping into the mountain khakis thing. Right. And you're talking to riders who, like, don't know that their contract's up in the air. Right. And how do you... And they're being demanding. <laughs> they're not listening. Right. How about that? Right. You're telling them, like, no, it would be really good. Wink, wink. Like, this would be really good, dude, if you could do this. Like, Right. And they're like, yeah, man, and then I'm doing some other stuff, too. And you're just like, no. Fuck. I don't don't know how to do this. Yeah, it's rough. I think I'll just be the kind of team manager who never fires anybody. I'll just get a team of, like, 40 dudes. Okay. And just convince them that, like, everything's fine to not be on the pro, like, the UCI list. I think a lot of directors just don't. They just stop doing phone calls because they can't handle it. It is something like about... they're in that position, they just started hanging up on people. It's something about not... It's conflict aversion. You don't yeah. want to be the bad guy. Yeah. Because you're just going to get, like... If you if you tell people how it is, you're going to get cussed out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it'd be easier to go the other route. And they're just like, what happened with that dude? They just try... Like type one. They just start mm-hmm. turning his phone calls. What if you just had, like, an elaborate lie for every circumstance? Sounds like a lot of work. uh, You have time. My house got broken into and my dog was set on fire. I just (laughs) completely forgot about it. At least your dog didn't get broken into and the house (laughs) set on fire. That's hard to deal with. It's harder because you have to comfort the dog. (laughs) Dog's never going to feel safe after that. (laughs) Well, dude, like, how excited are you to go to Pro Tour? I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you've been working on that for a while, like, you and Vodders a little bit, huh? Yeah, um, pretty much every year... Is Colby helping you out a little bit with that? Like, um, he tried. You know, like, there's only... 
it's a, like there's there's no way to get someone on a team. Sure. Like, so many people have asked me, hey, hey, can you get me on Bissell? Like, no, there's I can't possibly get you anywhere because it <laughs> nobody listens to me. And it's a fucking great sense. I can't right? get you anywhere. It, it, I I could try so hard, and I have. I've tried at certain times. I tried really hard to get Jim Stemper on Bissell. Yeah. Jim Stemper's the best team I'd ever had, yeah. and awesome dude. And like Kenda was was ugly last year, and it didn't. It wasn't looking good for a while. And I was like, I was like begging Omer. I was like, come on, and like just the spots didn't work out. And Omer and Stemper had tried stuff previous years, and like kind of didn't work. And it was just I, I got nowhere. Sure. So I learned from that. Like if I couldn't get, like I tried so hard. Yeah. So there's there's no there's no hope in that. But all right. So anyway, back yeah. to you. Um. Yeah, so Colby, Colby tried. Um, yeah. You know, he would he would talk to Vodders every year. But he'd basically. be like, he's a good. I don't think he can get you on the team, but right. I think he's a good like. Uh, Vodders trusts Colby's opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And if Colby sent him a power file, right, he's going to trust it instead of it being doctored or. That's true. Would he be doctor those? <laughs> Dude. Oh, Wish I'd known that. So I, I think I should be your manager. I can get you some <laughs> wicked contracts. <laughs> This guy's doing nine watts to the kilogram for forty-five minutes at altitude. That'd be nice. Yeah, That'd be nice. Um, no, kind of like all those years. I think what had to happen was it had to be Vodder's idea. Like he had to decide that that I was ready, and then and at that point he went to Colby. Um, but basically, like every year since oh shit, since um, I was best young writer at Univest in two thousand six. Okay. And it was like no two thousand seven. Um. And that was when, like, Garmin was, like, I don't know if they were Pro Tour yet. Yeah, they, they were. And it was, like, but basically every year, like, from when they were U23 and just, like, Ian McGregor, like, I was always a couple years behind the yeah. team, and I was always begging JV for a contract, and I was always, like, not quite there yet. And they kept getting better, and I kept getting better at not that fast of a rate. Yeah. Um, so pretty much from, from Univest that year, like, there'd be an email, like, hey no thanks Phil <laughs> but at least it was a response that's true yeah and then which you knew you had the correct most. email address exactly exactly and he always responded I'll give him that um, and then yeah then going into this year like I came in storming and uh, and, and yeah I guess he asked Colby and um, I got some power testing done with, with Inigo and, and that yeah. all helped yeah 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 what are you looking forward to the most uh, you know, just different stuff, just new stuff. I don't know. I have no idea what my schedule is going to be. Yeah. I don't know, like, because I know, like, a lot of guys did, like, kind of an American program this year where they would do, like, California Nationals, kind of stay over here a lot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of guys, like, weren't, didn't leave Europe for forever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know which, which one of those I'm going to be on. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, you know, like, new stuff, new adventures. Do you, uh, do you think at all about, because you're very reverent on social media you write the Vela News blog mm -hmm. which by the way I like your Vela News blog but I kind of feel like the last one was just an excuse for like bombing that's kind of a little what did I do you just wrote the last one like no but remember we were really good at the beginning part of the, like, oh, you, yeah. like you were just trying to remind the, the, like, <laughs> the myself no, I, I see I feel like that was an excuse I feel like you were trying to remind everybody you ever else. talk to your legs you ever had conversations with your legs mm -mm, mm -mm, really mm 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 -mm. Okay. No, I don't feel like my legs have a personality. <laughs> I personify them sometimes. I kind of feel like you were trying to re remind the readers that you weren't like a bag of shit. <laughs> That's how I you read it. You kind of have to. It was, it was like humble bragging. It was in there. It was, it was probably in there. It was definitely like, hey, so you guys just know, like, mm -hmm. I won races. Marco. 
I mean, Marco was brand. sweet. Yeah. I mean, a, that was great, right? I mean, right. I think there were people watching. It was part, It was sort of like trying well, dude, to Dude, you didn't win, Marco. You fucking dominated. Marco was nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Let's talk about Marco more. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of feel like there's some more Pro Tour teams should go to Marco. Yeah. Just give it the reason. Did your mentality of Marco completely change once you won it? Because you know how like you'll win these really shit box small races? I've done a lot of those. And then your teammates will be talking about it and you kind of feel defensive. Right. You'd be like, you know, it's not bad. Merced's right. an okay. Merced's like an eclectic town. It's weird. <laughs> but I appreciate that. Let's go taco shops. I mean, let's all go to Marco again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, all the trees are flowering at the time of year. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really It's a tourist weird. destination, really. <laughs> the bees. Um, All right, so back to the question. Do yeah, you f- no, you're right. You you do, like, what what it turns out is the biggest race of the year for an individual isn't, like, the biggest race they do. It's the race that they win. Yeah. Because that's the only race that matters to me. And, like, if you tell me at the beginning of the year, like, Mirko is going to be my, my big result, I'd have been kind of pissed. But that's kind of how things went. Yeah, but, I mean... So it's like... You, you've shown... <laughs> I mean, okay, this year you got a little punch in the gut because of the crash. Yeah. Um... Which, just so you know, like, to show you how what a nice guy I was, I was on the way to the hospital, and then Omer told me not to I heard to that. Come. I heard that. Omer, told, Omer waved me off. Right. He gave me the... You and Milne, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were totally going to come I hang appreciate out. that. I think it worked out best for us, because, like, now that I know you, like, heard about it, then I get the kudos, it's and true. I actually didn't have to drive there. Right. Like, how close were you? Like, you were just out of the parking. It was an hour drive, and I think I was about 30 minutes in. Okay. But That's close. There was a good, uh, it was a good section of town, so I got to get out, see a show. It really worked okay. out the best. You and Mill got a beer. Yeah, it worked out. We we had sex later. Oh, nice. They didn't call me back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you have like this irreverent uh, social media, the journal. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think at all about like going to? Uh, a group of guys who could some part be pretty bland, you know, like pro side. Like, I'm not talking about, I'm not singling Garmin out. Mm-hmm. If anything, they're probably the most irreverent group of the bunch. Okay. But I think pro tour racing Euros are very, they're blue collar by, yeah. by and large. Their, se- their sense of uh, humor is a little more uh, Larry the Cable guy than. Oh, that's let's, interesting. Let's say David Cross, where you're at. Okay. I had no idea. I don't know a lot uh, of those dudes. Yeah, you know what? And maybe I'm I'm totally misreading. Yeah. I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm going from my own experiences when I was over there. I thought they'd be less I expected to be less silly and more serious. They're very they are serious but the things that they choose about. Like the things that Like okay, so I would go home and I was very uh hard trainer, mm-hmm. very uh good with my diet did all these things but i feel like that was such a challenge and like i would be so hard on myself that if i made it to the race and i did it like i could relax a little bit and i would you know like i whereas you go i guess if you you'd go to these races and you kind of feel like you're all in on the same joke you know like right i'm getting paid well right you forget you're getting paid i have never gotten paid well Dude, you should try it sometime. <laughs> Sounds nice. Then, little tip. Yeah. Don't buy an Audi when you get paid well. No? No, because you're eventually going to have to trade it in and it's going to suck. <laughs> what do you have now? 
Uh, I have a FCA Cruiser and a Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> so one doesn't suck so bad. Right. The other one... One's kind of baller. Yeah. I get by on the Yaris because I just say it's like low gas mileage. Right. And I'm very economy. So. Right. Have you seen my car? No. Toyota Matrix. 208,000 miles on it. Matrix is similar to the Yaris. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's soccer mom yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. Put more stuff in it. So... My my thought of my thought of the European stuff is it's more. I mean, I guess I'll find out, but it'll it'll be more like a job where yeah you go in there because I've I've never never had to look at bike racing as a job because you like try telling guys on Ken to not have fun when we're all making eighteen thousand dollars a year sure like I quit I'd quit immediately yeah. like if I can't no. joke around yeah but like now like there's guys that are making actual money and like you know people watch the bike races so it's kind of like less of a joke like to me that i think we're all in on the joke that like we win a race and like no one watched and what were we doing yeah like, it was yeah. a tree falling in the forest yeah um and i still can't wrap my head around that <laughs> i mean even in europe like uh i think when i my back problems really flared up and jv and i had a had a falling out was and i, I was really panicked about it and I, I did this race in Portugal. My back was so bad, I got, like, shit canned in the first 5 or 6K. Mm-hmm. And I just I just stopped on the side of the road, and the caravan went by. I was just going to ride back to the hotel. Right. And, uh... Like, you think it matters so much sometimes. Right. Like this, this is your your little world. Right. And then the race caravan passes you, and, uh... You're out of the, the fold. Right. And next thing you know, you're just on the side of the road in Portugal. And, <laughs> and like... Life has completely resumed there. Right. Like, you're just a dude in spandex. Right. And it, it kind of made you feel a little bit better. Yeah, that'd be okay. You're like, all right, this doesn't really... Like, this guy uh, doesn't care about my problems. Right. They probably seem fairly trivial to And me. you could just go get a job. It'll be fine. You know? You probably could just get a job if you wanted one. How right? bad would it be? It can't be that bad. Just any job? I mean, some jobs I'm sure are bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I found with the when I'd have really bad back problems is just to kind of give myself a little perspective. I would go take like a really menial job, yeah, and it made me feel so much better because I even if my back sucked and I came to work hungover mm-hmm. and I was sick, whatever, right? I knew I could do my job. Bike racing taught you that, yeah. Like whereas with racing, you were so. You're so afraid that you're not going to be able to pull off right. people. If you lose two hours of sleep, you can feel it on the bike the next day. And you're going to let people down. Right. And you're, they can't count on you. Right. I had a race, um, the the Taiwan Cup. It was this like, one-day race in November that we went to with Kenda one year. And um, I don't know why anybody else to do. I stayed I stayed fit for it, like November. Sure. I was like motor pacing, and, and it was a UCI race. Um but like I went into it like I was I was going really well, and like the day before the race I was doing openers with uh, Isaac Howe was hanging on my seat post, and I still dropped two of the guys. <laughs> like he wasn't pedaling, and then so we we get to the race the next day, and um, like you know how November works with your bike like your stuff's just beat up. It was, sure. it was home bikes, sure. so we all flew with our own bikes, and no mechanic had seen my bike in forever, and I hadn't. You I hadn't thought of. about it, yeah, because yeah. who takes care? It's not. It was somebody else's bike, and it, I just hadn't thought about it. Um, and my my chain was messed up, so we put a new chain on right before the start. 
Like I noticed it was like skipping the new cassette. Like they had they had race wheels. I noticed it was skipping, and I was like, uh oh, put, put a new chain on there. Turned out that the chain ring was ruined too. So I had the new chain, and like, so there's this, we start the neutral, and every time I like torque it at all, Skips. it's just no, it's jumping off. It's jumping Jesus. off like about to send me over the bars, <laughs> and and I go back to the car. Frankie's back there, and I'm like. Dude, what do I do? And like trying to not eat shit into the car at the time. Like every time the, the a surge a little bit, I'm just popping off the thing. And Frankie's like staring at me. We don't have a spare bike. We don't have. We can't do parts. And we haven't even gotten to the zero kilometer. The race hasn't started. You haven't begun to put torque on it. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, fuck it. I'll ride the little ring. I'm gonna race the little ring today. Oh my god. <laughs> and Frankie's like, Phil, go back to the hotel. Phil, go back to the hotel. <laughs> and uh, and I went back. You to know the what's hotel. great about Frankie too is he. Because I've worked with him as an under twenty three, he's perfectly calm in that situation. Right. He's just like go back to the hotel. I could never tell if it was because he's super calm or if he just doesn't care. Three years, I could never. Figure I think it out. there's a certain amount of acceptance in him. Right. Because he's had it. He's gone through all of it. Right. And he realizes. He's literally how gone through all of it. Dumb the sport is, <laughs> and he's like, I think when he's telling you to go back to the hotel, he's quietly cursing how dumb the sport is. That could be it. He's just like. Fuck this! Go back to the hotel. Right. This is lame. Right. This is so fucking stupid. You came all the way over here, and and now you have to go back. I was there just... for six days, <laughs> but uh, I get back to the hotel room and I was so pissed. I was just miserable because this is you know months of training down the drain for sure. nothing. Sure. And uh, I had one of those like glass Coke bottles, and I threw it as hard as I could against the wall. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it was like a Taiwanese Weston. You know, so like, you know, the construction there. So the, the Coke just made like a Coke bottle imprint in the wall. It didn't shatter. <laughs> it fell to the floor. And I just looked at it. And I was like, just like this I thing. just stared. I was like, all right, I'm fine. I'm done. I'm over it. Like, <laughs> it gave you just that lifeless thud. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it stuck in the wall for like a second. And then it just fell to the, into the carpet. And I like, I, I couldn't cry. And it wasn't, I wasn't going to laugh. I was like, all right, that's, that was what I got. <laughs> that was how I took it all out. <laughs> I, that race in Portugal I bail on this race and I hadn't been telling people about my back because I was afraid that they would not race me oh yeah I thought with my wrist this year yeah so all Vodders knows Vodders just gets a text from Johnny Waltz of like Creed dropped out of a race in 5k <laughs> so I get I, I get this email within hours of just like dude you're fucking done like I can't save you right like, Waltz wants you out you're donezo Right. And so I get this email, and the Swannies are like, look, we got to run. We can't take you to the airport. There's a bus that's going to the airport. You have to change in this town. Right. So, like, within hours of knowing that I'll never race the tour. What? Yeah, come on in. Yeah, come on. Uh, so, like, within hours of doing... Phil, do you know Sean? Is our media guy. Phil, nice meet you. What's up, dude? Nothing. How's it going? Pretty good. So I got a got a little whiskey in there if you want to crack it open. Oh, I'm good. Right. Jonas has killed the line. Where'd Jonas go? I go to. Oh, he's done? Yeah, he's done. So, like, within hours of knowing that, ah, oh, you never raced a Tour de France, this is all done. Mm-hmm. In a bus full of Portuguese people. <laughs> like, Portuguese migrant workers. Right. I got I got to one up you. Do it. Tour of Shanghai Lakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, uh, that's a horrible one to drop out of. I haven't <laughs> done it, but I've seen people do it. 
Not advised. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to. I um, hit some, like, enormous pothole that was just, like, right in the hotline of a turn, and I just whacked my knee, and it was, like, the size of a grapefruit. And and I tried to I tried to ride and I didn't make it and um, ended up in the broom wagon and it was like the fourth stage and there were like four more so we were all staying at the same hotel the first the first four stages and then this was like the last night of that hotel then we were gonna go to this big circle yeah and and they were like so I'm out of the race and they're like okay Phil you got to stay at this hotel oh the, the, it was the Chinese high altitude training facility. We're like their Olympic speed walkers and stuff. We're staying. For people who don't know this part of China, it is as remote as it gets. Yeah, like people, people, there's there's yaks wandering in the streets, yeah. and they, people don't know what, like what a bike is. They don't know what a cyclist. It used is. to be part of Tibet. So when you see that right. like Seven Days in Tibet, Brad Pitt movie, over and over again because it's a classic. It's very <laughs> over and over again because it got list. fucked out of not in an Oscar nomination. <laughs> uh, it is very much one of those type of towns. Yeah, it was. It was that trip that I decided I didn't want to have kids. Was after I saw like you didn't want or you do. I, I can't have kids after I saw the the tent city along this river. Yeah, and it smelled like shit. Yeah, and I was like, this this world is not a place to have people in fifty years. Like, it's not going to work. Did you see out. the like? Did you hear the thing with Qinghai Lake? Where they uh, they'll take a dead body if somebody dies, and they put it on top of that mountain. Did you see that? No. Local town. So there's that mountain that overlooks that hotel. Okay. On the uh, far end of Qinghai Lake. Okay. You stay in it one night. When you die, they take you and put you. They put the males on top of this mountain. Okay. So then the eagles just can come and just pick at the carcass. Females, they'll take out onto like a little raft. Burn the raft. Well, Viking stuff. Yeah, and then into the. So like people. Are, What's wrong with that? I mean, <laughs> it's not bad unless you want to swim or drink out of the lake like everybody right. else. There were, <laughs> we were staying in this brand new, beautiful hotel and like brand new TVs and the carpet. You could you could smell the carpet glow. They they built it just for the race because they do that kind this of stuff. This is on the in lake China. or in Shining? This was in Shining. Um and well, it was like Doba, which is an hour outside of Shining. It's more okay. remote than Shining. Um but. We, we had this brand new beautiful hotel and there's the geishas bowing as you walk in and then and then like you go outside this race bubble and there's just these kids living in a tent city yeah. and swimming in this river that smells like shit yeah. on a kickboard made of styrofoam from the brand new TV box that was in your hotel room and it's just oh. like can't wrap my head <laughs> just how ridiculous your life yeah. is so I was so I, I had those realizations and we saw like the people butchering the yaks in the street and the yeah. blood you're just bunny hopping blood puddles and and then they tell me okay Phil you have to stay here for seven days until your flight out <laughs> while we go race <laughs> and there's no one that speaks English and and I, I was like I, I was ready to like buy a ticket home cash <laughs> but the thing is you can't because it's like weird with that airport right like there's only there's only so many flights a day to Shanghai I don't know eventually they got me like a travel agent, I think I think Danny figured out I was in a rough place, and and his travel agent. <laughs> when he came home and he saw me well, crying. I told him, <laughs> I, I told like my knee was was kind of scary looking, so I think that I was like I'm not going to see a doctor here. Yeah. Um, well, they also they found black plague there like that month. I remember yeah. reading about it like the like the New York Times or something a month after we left. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I was stuck. I ended up being stuck there for three days instead of like six or seven. And it was it was still really really a rough time 
for me. There's no internet, and no one spoke English. You can't go walk around. Your knees all fucked. My knee was yeah. I couldn't I couldn't walk around. And then there's like, you walk around. You're the six foot one white guy. Everybody stops. Yeah, and you just don't taking pictures with people. They thought I was Jim Carrey. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Did you have tats then? No. I went with uh, Rock Racing, and Kale Leo Grand was there. Oh. And he has all these tats, right. and people would start Kale rubbing has tats. him. Yeah, a couple. He cut. I don't know. You had to ask him to take his shirt off. Okay. You'll be able to see. <laughs> but people were like rubbing him. They just, they just touch him. Yeah, because they thought it was the weirdest shit ever that people had tattoos. It's pretty weird. Yeah, I guess. I, I I get that. I wouldn't go touch a stranger. I mean, depends on the stranger. They're paying me. I mean, I'm not paying them. <laughs> right. Well, then you're not touching the one. Right. Splitting hairs here. Uh, so, Vodders, have you guys had like? Do you guys talk much? Or? Not really. I think I like, heard. I heard a rumor, and you could confirm or deny this. Okay. But I heard a rumor. I'm sure it's true. Okay. I know exactly what it is. Go ahead. <laughs> I got out so fast. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Pat McCarty has a big mouth. Right. <laughs> if you want a secret, don't tell Pat McCarty. I didn't tell Pat McCarty. <laughs> really? Oh, Pat told me. Right. No, so was, the, the yeah. so that the audience know that uh, you made public that you're going to ride with Garmin, and well they did they made public they made it public yeah uh, you go to Tour de Bos, mm-hmm. and uh, with like five k six k go you flat you or you bust a rear wheel something along yeah. the lines you have a mechanical yeah outside the three k rule it was it was I could see the three k to go sign it was like yeah. two hundred meters from three k to go sign and you couldn't make it to the sign. No. You're just a fucking moron. It was... It didn't occur to me. <laughs> it's okay, you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... It was, it was like a fast downhill. Oh, and yeah, I had a pothole. Yeah. It was, you know, it was kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't get the 3K rule. Right. You you can't quite chase back on. Right. So I, you, I think I lost... I, I, had, I had such a great chase. Like, there were guys that were getting dropped... That, you like, can't I pulled add back to the story, in. dude, because if you want to deny it later down the line... Well, I was if, so close. Yeah, but if you deny it later, then you can't deny it if Where you're confirming all these... I don't, I don't know if... So, you get to the race, you get the result, yeah. whatever. You lose time. Right, I lost time. And Vodder, in the results, and, and, it just shows that Phil is off the back of the group. Yeah, and Vodder sends you a text or an email, something yeah, to the effect of, like, what the fuck, dude, you can't be doing this right after I signed you. It wasn't. It wasn't that. It was. It was just sort of like. See, Pat's Pat's trumped up this email because everybody get everybody who's written for Vodders has gotten a pretty famous Vodders okay email. It was. It wasn't. That wasn't that far off. He was like, "Hey, you can't be getting dropped at Bose if you want to race Pro Tour Pal, something like that." Oh, okay. And like it, it see, was okay. Like, see, the rumor is far. It was almost than joking. Oh. It was. It it, it might have been joking. Benefit of the doubt. Um, you know what it is? Is everybody who's written for Vodders and had fallen out with them? Yeah. Probably people who haven't even had a fallen out with them have been on the receiving end of some amazing Vodders emails. Right. I got more of those to come. Yeah. So okay. I think within the people who have written for Vodders or currently write for Vodders, right, that, that email that email <laughs> is now like, I'll I'll cancel your contract right fucking now. <laughs> you, your mom. And that's why you were scared you, of Portugal. Yeah, because that's what this sport is. It's like you're only as good as the result you had four days ago. It was like two weeks before. Like I almost won nationals. Like yeah, but then everybody forgets, and I forgot. Yeah, and now like I'm like, oh shit, I suck. It's amazing how temporary that shit is. It's rough. It, 
it makes winning seem so kind of ridiculous. Right. Well, like there's certain there's certain times like you win something and you can relive it in your like I can still relive that when I won the San Dimas Road Race a million years ago. Yeah. Like every pedal stroke of that, like. Because I think in that moment, your every sense is so heightened that you basically right. have a tape recorder in your brain. Right. It's just no. I can remember races from when I was under twenty three winning. Right. It's, but then for some reason, like you forget that it you that have. you still won a race and like it counts. Yeah. Because like today you don't feel so good. Yeah. Sammy, tear into some food, man. I'm good. You sure? Yeah, I'm just... Uh, that's kind of cool. What's that? How'd you get this? Some uh, lady at the grocery store handed me that it's... Sam's holding up like a guide. Is it free or...? Yeah, yeah. That it's was her big That was her big selling well point. Done. She asked me if I wanted it. I said no. And <laughs> so she said, point. it's free. It's free. And I said, well, Christ. I can't really... You kind of well, pinned toilet me. Toilet paper ain't free. <laughs> All right. That's kind of cool. They're just giving it away. Yeah, TJ should get another co- Velenews cover. He's only gotten three of them this year. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much... There's You could pretty, pretty much highlight like four athletes in this whole guidebook. So there was an email, but it wasn't as harsh as the rumors going around. No. No. I wish I had it. I could read it to you. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how you uh, and your personality... See, you can bounce? Please. Yeah. Right. Text me later if you're still around. Yeah, no. We'll do this for another ten minutes and we're done. All right, man. Just shoot me a text. All right, cool. I'm going to find Carney and ask him something. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, dude. Is it if he loves you? Because huh? he does. Yeah. He mentioned that I'm before. I'm really worried, though. So he mentioned he loved you before he left. Insecurity's not attractive, dude. Uh, I know, but I'm... Because you and I, we've never had, like, a relationship as friends. We right. don't... I don't know if we... Enemies. Enemies, like... No, I think we're very passive. I think we recognize the craziness in each other. Mm-hmm. That... But it's not like... I think only recently we got each other's phone numbers. How right. about that? Right, it's true. I think that's like the... Uh, I could always tell you're one of the good ones. Oh, I appreciate it. It's I, true. It's I, known. For a long time I knew that you were a good one. I just didn't know how weird you were. Like, I don't know... You know how like... You're like, alright, that guy's weird, but like, I don't know if he's <laughs> honestly psychotic or he's weird. Right. So... But I'm looking forward to seeing... And I mean this genuinely. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing what going over there and I don't want you to change I was just wondering what how your joie de vivre fits in over there right cause I and maybe I'm I'm probably projecting onto you from okay. my own experience over there cause okay. I went over there with Postal a bunch right. of Belgies a bunch of Russians Postal's kind of a different beast I think it was it right. was but it was still in Girona. That was the worst. Yeah, okay. It was in Girona, and Fair it's... Enough. Like, Pat McCarty and I would be um, at a race, and we'd say, like... And he would... It was, like, a exciting, because he would tell me, like, dude, I downloaded off a website the new uh, Chappelle. That was when Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. that, that season was going on. Okay. Like, dude, you got the new Chappelle. Like, yeah. And we would be so excited all day for it. <laughs> right. And he would tell... You got off Napster. Yeah. And he would tell your teammates... <laughs> You would tell Max Van Hayswick and Ekimov mm-hmm. and uh, Popovich, don't you worry tonight, man. No boredom tonight. <laughs> Bucking Chappelle show, homeboy. Right. And, and they're watching like, Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would they'd finish dinner and they would go to the whorehouse and they would say, <laughs> and they would say like, hey, dude, we're going to the brothel. Do you want to come? Pat and I were like, no, we're, we're going <laughs> to... 
In retrospect, probably should have gone to the whorehouse. Brothel well, in Belgium. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> Can't imagine. One time Max von Hayeswood came back bragging that the girl didn't make him use a condom. <laughs> I mean, possibly the worst bragger in history. <laughs> possibly. I don't know how you get like to be a worse bragger. <laughs> like, like, good luck. I don't know. Like, did you, what did but you say? The, I dude, we just said like, oh, great, like <laughs> high five them, wash your hands. <laughs> but here's the thing with with that is like it shows you, with all respect to Max, it shows you how he honestly thought that was gonna go. Over. <laughs> like that was the culture of cycling, was that that was gonna go over with like a oh fist bump and a like, where is she at? I need to find <laughs> such a beautiful lady. Like where is this angel? Right. <laughs> so. Oh, and then I thought it'd be really endearing to uh, to give everybody in the team a gift because you oh. know nobody knew me from Bill. Okay. So that it was uh, the team. It was a year the team switched over to Discovery. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine worked at Sock Guy, and he made this logo called and said Discover Creed's World, and it was a photo of one night that we'd gone out and got completely blotto. <laughs> and I used to do this thing when I would got really blotto. I would. I have to get completely naked, put a towel between my legs, and cinch it down with a belt, and, <laughs> and go around the hotel's lobby That's and normal. other people's room, yeah. and just get really, like, a little too close and a little too aggressive. Okay, yeah. So he took a photo of this, <laughs> sub- figured out a way to, like, work it into the Discovery logo, mm-hmm. and then said Discover Creed's World, and then gave me a bunch of, gave me maybe 40 of these, like, nice defeat undershirts. Oh, I thought, undershirt. Okay. Yeah, really nice defeat undershirts, and I thought, well, this will go over well. Like every first off, defeat makes a nice undershirt. It's comfortable, right? Okay, and uh, it's got a funny little quirky thing on it. They thought I was the craziest fucking guy ever. They're like, why would you give us this? Right. And uh, so later that year, when I was told I wasn't getting rehired, <laughs> I uh, I call up the uh, lady. She actually works for Garmin now, Louise. Okay, Louise Donald. Okay. Because she's like the hub of activity. I call up Louise and I say, Louise, like, what the fuck? Like, why did I get fired? <laughs> and she says, you know, Mike, people just think that you're a little weird. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess it is weird that I wasn't taking a bunch of Ambien and fucking hookers all the time. Right. Uh, anything else I should have done? And she was just really quiet. And she goes, yeah, I don't. That wasn't it. It's just a different culture. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm oh, looking forward. Right. I think if you ever panic, just take some Belgian system strip clubs and then go to the whorehouse. I okay. think I think that'll get you back in. That that does it. Yeah, that's my like. Tip I'll write that do. down. Yeah, I'll write that down. On Kenda, the second year, yeah, when Ben Day was on the team, we went to um, we had training camp in Florida, and they do like all the stupid photo shoots and stuff. And then the day after the photo shoot, um, Hartley. Hartley and I had this, I, th- I forget which one of us, but we're both geniuses in, in the vulgar way, had the brilliant idea of we're going to go back to the photo shoot spot and we're going to take our own photo with our junk out, full team photo, and and we're just going to like mix it in with the, <laughs> the photos that they send the media. Brilliant. And the best part was like, I brought it up on the ride and everyone was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I was like, this is the best team ever. This is the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that won't happen next year? No. I don't think that would really be a Garmin thing. Damn it. Yeah. I know, man. I gotta frame that photo. You should... Did you ever see the, um... Huff and I did it. We would do it to each other, like, in any uh, slipstream photo, but he brought it over to Jelly Belly, and he got it in Vela News, where when you're doing the team photo, you try to hold the guy's hand next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Huff did it. I don't know. He was holding somebody's hand, and it fucking made Bella news. <laughs> and you just see Huff with this, working it perfectly straight. I think that was the year I was on there. Yeah, I think it, that was '09. That photo came out. I think he was holding Routley or something. Yeah, and Routley's trying like not that. to laugh. Right. Somehow Casey Gibson messed up. And I put it in. I have a thing when when I'm on the podium. If I if I don't win, if I get second or third or something, I like to put my finger around the butt region of the guy who won. Oh, yeah, that's right. you got to give him a little peek Just a little poke. Yeah. <laughs> and just see if he can keep a straight face or if he swats you. They never swat you. Because like, they're, they're just facing a crowd of people. Yeah. It's good because then the podium girl sees what you're doing. Right. And then she's got to wonder. Like, I think sometimes they get a little worried or sometimes they're like, oh, all right, well, this guy knows how to fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> just getting warmed up. To uh, Nature Valley this year, that mm-hmm. Kelly Minks... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She was there. And, I mean, I think, whole, just because that's the way Optum is, I think everybody was just getting deep in each other's butts back right there. Right, She seemed like she was into it. <laughs> yeah. She seemed like she didn't give a fuck. I believe, yeah. She, she'd be, yeah, she'd get it. I keep looking at this wine glass like there's going to be more fucking wine in here. Jonas was really butter. stiff to Get some whiskey. Get some whiskey. Yeah, let me get a sip of whiskey and I'll send you on your way. You have a big, big ass. Were you happy with how Utah went or you kind of wanted no. more? No, I don't know what the deal was. I, um, Do you, excuse my ignorance, and I'm not being a dick about it, but sorry. do you normally, are you normally an altitude guy? I never, like up until this year, I'd never, I'd never tried altitude stuff. Like I lived in Georgia and Florida, and it's kind of like every year I'd be pretty good at Redlands and then wonder why I sucked at Gila, and it was altitude clearly. And this year for the first time I was like, all right, I'm going to do this right because we got Utah, Colorado, like that's... I sort of figured that was my this this week was my chance to like get a contract or something, um, so I, I targeted those and I did the move to Big Bear. I'm gonna live at seven thousand feet like a monk, um, and go eat lunch by myself to talk to strangers. Um, that was kind of that was kind of the goal, and somehow it worked at Gila. Something worked at Gila. I was good there, um, and that was like after my crash and stuff. So I was that was a lot better than I thought I would have done there. Mm. Um, Utah, Utah, not so hot. I don't really know why. Yeah, I think Colorado will go better though. Well, it has to. Dude, knock on wood. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I, I could, I could San Dimas it. <laughs> Dude, I'm still scared of that orange fencing. Do you know the guy that does orange fencing here, Clark Sheen? No. He's a racer from back in the day, man. Okay. First uh, team I was ever, like first semi-professional team right. I was ever on, Clark Sheen was on there. Huh. We I just get... saw a truck of those going up the hill today, and I was like, oh. It almost killed me those things. I mean, they're orange for a reason, Phil. Cause like, so you can see them. Well, you gotta look where you're going. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, is that your fault? Or? It was pretty much my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I can still blame the fence. There's, there's still like a guttural reaction when I see the orange fence that I associated with near death. Dude, you were really fucked up, man. Those yeah, photos you were sending were ugly. I thought I was dead when I was in the helicopter. Come on. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought like. Because there was a dude, like the the EMT or whatever, was next to me, and I'm on the stretcher, like he strapped was down. <laughs> he stole my wallet. Um, no, he was like, 
he was sitting there and I was trying to talk to him and I didn't remember anything. I didn't know what was going on or who I was or anything. And I was like, I could tell I had a problem. <laughs> it's like, this isn't my best day. I normally don't ride in helicopters. Right, right. And so I was trying to talk to him and I don't know if like I was trying to speak but nothing was coming out or like he didn't hear me over the helicopter noises. I never oh, like got it straight with him. Fuck, that's but crazy. I was like, I'm I'm talking and there's no response. And and I'm like I'm it was like this out of body thing and I was like, Okay, I'm dying. I've had a good run. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I was like Dude, that's a fucking Isn't that scary? It's scary, but it's kind of I guess I didn't think like, oh, there's all this stuff I didn't do. I didn't I know, regret it. But, but that's a relief to know that you got to that point where you're like, well, yeah, I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cry about it. I, I did all right. Yeah, you know how like a lot of people they believe so strongly in the afterlife. Right. I feel like they do it because they haven't been doing anything with the life they mm-hmm. have. What have I done? I mean, I think there's some chemical that makes you not fight it. What do you mean? I my my theory is that like that moment when is I accepted death, flight? when I accepted death, there was some chemical in the brain that like when you're that close, yeah. your body just gives yeah, you something that's like, all right, he's not gonna feel pain. Okay, he's not gonna. I don't know. Now my turn to one up you. All right. I was on a flight. I uh, notoriously bad flyer. Okay. It's uh, complete bullshit that uh, we fly. You picked a good gig. Yeah. You and Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. T doesn't like it. Well, in the A team. <laughs> Remember oh. he, he never He like the fly They'd always like Give him some milk With like Some kind of poison It would pass him out Some kind of poison He fell for it Like Roofing every episode all, That was the fucking poison <laughs> Okay it wasn't ambient uh, So I'm on a flight Hate flying And uh, We're on the tarmac Forever in Denver And I can see the storm Rolling off the mountain mm-hmm. And it's just getting Closer and closer And closer And we're not taking off finally comes all around us there's lightning not just in one side but literally all around us yeah. and the pilot turns the engine off look we're surrounded we're not we're gonna be waiting here for a while hey not a problem with mike right fucking perfect <laughs> i'm about five minutes after he says that he uh turns the engines on real quick and he says we have a short window we're gonna take it flight attendants please uh take your seats wow oh shit right Dude, we take out, we're like 30 feet in the air and we're already getting slammed around. Oh my god. Yeah. So, I mean, the, and the thing was, it was a nighttime flight. Mm-hmm. And you know when you fly through clouds at night and then like, uh, the lights at the end of the wing will flash maybe every 10 or 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. And they light up the whole cloud too. Mm-hmm. But now the cloud is reflecting inside the cabin, which is completely dark. Okay. And normally I found that those lights are white, but on this special little fucking death trap, it was red. They were red lights. So every 10 seconds, the cabin would flash <laughs> and light up right. bright red. And just crap in your pants. Yeah. And there were people bouncing off the roofs. <laughs> I mean, I'm not shitting you. People bouncing off the roofs, women screaming. Right. And I got Did to you a, pick out someone hot to like start making I was out sitting next case. to a really attractive girl. Well, you got that going. But. Underage. The, no. Well, any, <laughs> any hot girl is going to be underage. <laughs> It's, it's just implied I thought right? you were going there No, it's just implied When I say hot girl I mean, right. she's 16 right. yeah, She can't be hot if she's over <laughs> Ew 20? <laughs> Ew <laughs> I want to feel like I'm breaking the law When I buy you a beer <laughs> Um, And I got so shit scared 
that I uh, I went out of body. I saw myself sitting in the seat, like I saw the back of my head. So it was as if I was a row behind me and I was standing up. Oh, okay. And I saw that view. Right. And I thought, okay, you're gonna die this way. Right. Let's look at the upsides. Oh. One, you get to experience a plane crash. And that's something that not a lot of people get to. So, like, let's not be scared and close your eyes and cry. Let's know what a plane crash feels like. Okay. Two, you don't ever have to mow the lawn again. You don't ever have to pay your cell phone bill. Right. Your life is fucking on easy street. That was in my head in the helicopter, too. It was like, well, at least some of that shit's over. (laughs) I mean, it's an amazing... I, I love it. I love thinking like, ah. Oh. And then, you know, after that, like, little incident, mm-hmm. I don't really get scared of flying anymore. Right. Because I feel like I know what a plane can do. Right. And I've come to peace with, well, if I'm going to die in a plane crash, at least I'll experience. Yeah, you're not going to cry. You're going to know. I'm just going to be like, ah, oh, whatever. You're going to cry a little bit. I feel like it would be a good idea to, like, start, like, if you had one of those flights where the hydraulics go bad and the plane, like, they know they're going to crash for 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Those slow plummets. Right. I feel like it would be a good idea just to go up and down the aisles asking people for their wallets. Because, like, there it's might be that one-off chance that you survive right. and you just have a fucking trunk load of wallets. Yeah there's, no, yeah, there's no risk. And I think in that moment, people are willing to give you anything on the hope of surviving. Like, like mm. this guy needs my wallet for some reason. Hopefully this helps the situation. And then when they get to the airport, like, if it all writes itself, you can buy a buddy Starbucks. Yeah, and nobody's going to be thinking about their wallets. Right. So it's brilliant. I thought so. Yeah. And I got arrested. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, well, shit, dude. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no I know it's uh, probably the first time I've talked about masturbation on this. You're not going to edit that out? Unless you have an issue with it, it's going to stay in. Well, I mean, I have issues with it, but not with... It I have issues with masturbation. Yeah. I mean, it's a sin, first of all. <laughs> right. Real quick... Hope my mom won't listen to this. Your mom doesn't listen to podcasts, does she? She would if she knew I was on one. She'd find out how. All right, just don't tell her. Right. Does she like stalk your Twitter? She tries. <laughs> how do you try? I don't know. She like looks on there, and then every once in a while, I'll get like a really dumb question <laughs> that just like she went, and I'm like, I don't know how to answer. Like she found a blog that I wrote a year ago. That where my team didn't get into Utah and Colorado. Mm. She was like, well, I'm really sorry you didn't get in. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, she thought it was current. Oh, so it was for this year, and I was fuck. like, thank you for being involved. <laughs> oh, moms. Am yeah. I right? Parents. Parents. <laughs> See, I won't have any kids thanks to Shanghai Lakes. No. Do you miss... Do you, I miss Georgia, man. When I lived in uh, Dahlonega for that just that little yeah. bit. It was brilliant. It's nice, man. Athens is a good spot. It was a little too flat for me, a little too remote. I like Delonga. I, I, like I tried the Delonga twice a week. Yeah. Delonga's too big bear to me. Like that I mean that's your isolation thing. If that's what you're into, that's what you're yeah, into. Yeah. Like Athens is nice in the off season, like you can have friends there. Well, I found this house in Delonga. It's off a dirt it has a dirt road mm-hmm. off a dirt road with a gate. Wow. Yeah. Some uh Is it a trailer? No, some hillbilly bought like a weekend house and he made it himself. Hand built a weekend. Okay. 3,000 square foot. Uh, two two or three car garage. Land's cheap. On top of a hill. Like my, my house in Athens is, is like 2,200 square feet 
$80,000. Yeah. So, like, Dahlonega would be a level removed. You'd, like, knock yeah. a zero. Yeah, my payment for this, four, it was a four, three, 3,000 square foot, four-car garage on top of a hill. You were there by yourself? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think my payment was about 700 bucks a month. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking murder. I got weird back there, dude. I'll bet. There was a few nights of being in the garage with your shirt off, working on something, mm-hmm. bottle of whiskey, and then you look up and it's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> and you're like, I'm off the fucking reservation. So. All right, buddy. All right, Thanks all right, for coming. Good times. Good times.